Hey everybody, welcome back to the Unafraid Podcast, and gosh, it has been a long time. I am so glad to be doing this again. What uh, started out with a couple months off at the end of last spring ended up being almost six months off, so I'm glad to uh, be back with you, and I'm glad that you've stuck with me and, and come back to hear more stories. And Unafraid is one of those shows that's a little bit tough for me to define, because at the beginning of the first season, we were more of a storytelling podcast with people coming on and sharing stories about their lives, and then it kind of evolved into more of a conversation and discussions about important topics or random things like, you know, what someone's favorite type of cereal is. It, you know, it's really, it really can be just about anything, but what has happened and what I'm really pleased with is that it's become a space where queer people can just come and connect and be themselves and feel safe doing it. And that's, that makes me proud. So I'm, I'm really, really happy about that. Now I'm trying to think if there's any big updates that I need to share with you and nothing is coming to mind right now, except for that I'm, I'm sitting right next to four adorable little golden retriever puppies that we are fostering for the next few weeks. And so that makes me really happy. Although I'll tell you what, they're significantly less cute when you're up in the middle of the night feeding them every night. <laughs> kind of like uh, newborn human babies are, are about the same way, if you ask me. But, um, but yeah, so that's the big excitement in my life. And today I'm really, really excited about uh, our guest. I've been hoping to talk to her for a really long time, and we finally connected and, and made it happen. This is the incomparable Michelle Guido. How are you, Michelle? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's it's great to hear from you. And thank you for sitting through that rambling intro. I just <laughs> wing though, so I have no clue what's gonna be said. <laughs> oh, it was really good on a whim. <laughs> <laughs> oh well it's it's really good to have you on the show and you know, right off the bat, um, I feel like I need to I need to say that when I initially reached out to you, you had told me that, uh, you know, you're in a, a hetero-appearing uh, marriage, and, and you didn't know if that'd be right for the show. And I'm like, you know, so many bisexual people are, though, and you know, we don't, <laughs> yeah. don't want to minimize that at all. So it's, it's really cool to have you here. Yeah, I, I try to, you know, I is... I do feel that I belong in that space, but I also do try to be mindful of sometimes the privilege I do have being in a heterosexual uh, relationship is I definitely do have some privileges there because I present to the average person as just a straight woman. So I try to be kind of mindful of what spaces maybe don't need my voice because of that privilege that others don't have in that aspect of straight yes. presenting. Yeah, of course, and that that makes a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, well, now that I, I bombarded you with that right off the bat, uh, <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you could. Um, I'm Michelle Guido. I'm known on the internet as Hey Guido. Uh, two Y's on the Hey. Everyone's always like, Why is that? And I'm like, There wasn't one Y as an option, so we're two. <laughs> um, I've been on the internet for a while. Uh, I want to say. I mean, I've always been on the internet, but I want to say growing a platform for about eight years. Uh, I started with a YouTube channel 
around feminism. And then I started a Twitter and I just was kind of voicing my own opinions of things that upset me. And uh, a lot of people agreed and that kind of took off. And um, I use the internet as an expression of not only you know, what I want to see change in the world, but a creative expression. And so, yeah, I've kind of come a long way. I've, I've come from feminism to now primarily sex work uh, to just an abundance of things you could probably find. But uh, yeah, that's so I've been I've been here for a minute and that's that's pretty much where I'm at. That's awesome. Well, and when when I first found you on Twitter, it was because somebody had, uh, you know, retweeted one of your um, one of your statuses, and and you were still doing a lot of the uh, unapologetic uh, feminist, mm-hmm. and and so I started following you then, and I've just been I've been following you since then, and you you always I mean you post such a mixture of okay here's some real shit here's some funny stuff and you know it's <laughs> it's it's really entertaining, but then you know I I'm a person that I you know I have a very 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 tiny presence on Twitter so. I, I look at you and the amount of people you're able to reach, it just, it just astounds me. Does it, I mean, does it ever just kind of blow you away that, wow, this many people might be looking at the words I'm typing? Uh, yes. I, I forget a lot of times. Um, you know, I have definitely over the years not been mindful at times of the audience that I have. Uh, because I'm just a normal person. And sometimes people, they think if you have a large following, you know, you're famous and everybody knows who you are, but that that's not the reality. I'm just a normal everyday girl. And so it still shocks me to this day. And sometimes I still have to correct myself and, and what I respond to, because there's definitely been times where I've responded to somebody and then there's been a pile on and I have to like, you know, reel it back and be like, wait, you can't just snap back at everybody because you have this audience that is going to follow and do that as well. And uh, it's been an adjustment and a learning experience to kind of navigate that definitely because in my everyday life, I'm just a normal person and nobody's recognizing me on the street. So yes, it definitely still shocks me and um, doesn't feel like a reality most of the time, honestly. <laughs> But in the, I can't picture it. I mean, I, I get, you know, one retweet and, and five likes on a, on a status and I'm like, I'm a celebrity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're yeah, kind of like, weird. you're like Thanos out there. <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. Not normal. <laughs> well, you know, you, you had already kind of mentioned that, you know, you, you went from more feminism to more sex work. And, and I, of course, saw that shift as well, you know, in, I know you've you've already talked to, about this before, but um, I haven't talked to you about it. Could you tell me a little bit about the shift away from the unapologetic feminist? Yeah, so I, you know, I still am a feminist. I still, I guess I still am the unapologetic feminist. But there was definitely a time where when I first got into feminism, I was trying to build that platform. I wanted to maybe do public speaking. I wanted to maybe write books. Um, You know, there were, I just thought maybe I could get through to people in a way that maybe other people weren't able to get through before because I had had my own false notions of what feminism was for a while when I was growing up, you know, not being educated on the topic. 
But uh, as I learned more, I just, I really realized that I didn't need to be this frontline voice as a white woman. Uh, I don't think there needs to be any more books written by white women on feminism. I don't, I think that my voice in feminism is important as a woman. I think that it deserves to be heard. My opinion is valid. Um, But I just stopped trying to be at the front of that. And I, I don't want to be a leader in that space. I want to be in that space. I don't want to be a leader in that space. And that kind of made me start to take more of a backstep approach. And then as I did that, I got into sex work around the time. And now I, I post more sex work related content. Like I try to, I try to make a balance, but I, like you said, you notice the shift. I think a lot of people definitely notice that shift and that shift is, I think, self growth and learning and listening to other women in that space of, I don't need to be the leader here. Wow. You know, I, and all of that makes perfect sense. And, and of course I, I have you heard you say some of that before um, because I've, I've heard you on another podcast and, and I do follow you on Twitter, but it is, this is something that's, <laughs> and I'm not trying to give you a big head, um, but mm-hmm. it's something that's really, it's, it's kind of amazing because when you talk about self growth and you talk about evolving and looking at things from a, a different perspective and seeing yourself from a different perspective, that's something mm-hmm. that is really difficult for most of us to do. I mean, most of us, you know, we're raised with a certain set of beliefs, you know, we continue on with those beliefs. And as we grow and learn, we might shift here and there, but to completely, so, I mean, you had a huge platform to completely say, okay, I'm going to step away from this because I believe it, it's going to be better for other women and, you know, possibly women of color to, to mm-hmm. take my place and have their voices heard. That is just, I mean, did it feel like a sacrifice to you or did you feel like, hey, this is just the way it should be? It didn't. It, I think it comes down to why are you really in this? Um, you know, and as somebody that, you know, got into feminism, like I said, without a background of being raised around knowing what any of that meant. Um, my stance changed because when I first got into it, I thought I I didn't realize how much above and, and this is this is pure ignorance. I didn't realize how high above other women in, in society, how society looks at me being a white woman. Like I didn't I didn't see that at first. And then through listening to other women being like, wait, white women, white feminism isn't giving, it's not standing up for women of color. It's not, we're not even, uh, you know, really projecting their, their struggles. And through listening to that and really learning and my, my true purpose, not purpose, or like passion is actually creating change. I had to look at that and be like, you know, well, I, I am a white woman and I don't, I don't live those experiences. I, I'm learning every day and white feminism, white women have run the feminist movement this, this whole time. I mean, (laughs) we've been in charge and all of that has done is put the interests of women of color 
um, you know, under on a back burner. We we let women of color join our fight and fight for our interests. And then we forget about theirs. And I have to look inside of myself and know that no matter how much I want to be, you know, knowledgeable and uh, good and do the right thing. There is always going to be ignorance inside of me. And there's always, I mean, I'm learning things every day. I'm learning, you know, how my white ignorance plays out every day. And so I would never want that to get in the way of what overall is important for all women as a collective. Um, So it didn't really feel like a sacrifice. It felt like I, at the end of the day, what I really, really want is equality for women. And if I really, really want that, then I need to step back and let other women that are not white, are not cis, maybe not heterosexual lead. I mean, I'm not, but you know what I mean? Like that doesn't need to be the standard of leading this movement because where has it gotten us? It's only gotten us privileges for white women. Um, yeah, sorry if that's like a ramble there, uh, but no. that's kind of my <laughs> my idea in that. So it's absolutely brilliant. It it really is, and I and I think that you know people like you who have made this realization and who have bigger platforms can now amplify the the voices that that really need to be heard out there. And so I just I think it's it's a good thing. And I mean, honestly, everything you just said in the last five minutes, I, I feel like. That that sentiment is, it should be being taught in in um, middle schools and high schools because I think many people you know white people just they just don't realize it and it's just something they would never think about because they've always been white they've always had privilege and never even realized they did. I think we have a hard time um, looking at what others need. I think a lot of people and you know what maybe that's partially human nature. That's also partially how we've been, you know, brought up as a society. We very much look at like our own interests and then we don't ever look at the person whose interests, they haven't even gotten to the place where we are. I mean, that is a lot of times white women fight to get to this place where women of color are simply just trying to fight to get to where they already are and that level of privilege they already have. And I, I think that it, it is it can be very hard to look at the whole and not just look at what's going to benefit me. And with that, you know, I do have that platform. I will always speak on important issues because a lot of people will hear it. A lot of men follow me. So broadly, I will always speak on what's right. But I, I am pretty successful on social media of, of where when I'm trying to grow in a certain space, I, I kind of learned how to do that. And so I'm not trying to grow in that. <clears throat> I'm not trying to grow in that space anymore, but I will use my platform to talk about the important issues, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and the way you do it, I think is uh, brilliant because uh, I, I think that you, you have important stuff mixed in with funny stuff mixed in with uh, sexy pictures and so yeah, I mean really how could you go wrong with that mix <laughs> I'm everywhere <laughs> yes yes okay so from feminine from feminism um, and you you never stop being a feminist you mm-hmm. but you you kind of moved more into 
um, sex work and sex positivity. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to being sex positive, can you can you tell me what it means to you to be sex positive? So sex positivity is changing the way our society currently is pretty sex negative. And sex positivity is giving people that space to explore their sexuality. It is promoting that sex is a very normal part of life. It's taking away that shame and that taboo. And it's, you know, giving people a better sexual education. It's providing them with more resources and tools. Um, it's accepting of all sexual identities. It's just normalizing it. Right now, it, it's, you would think, I guess the average person probably thinks sex is normal. But when we really look at it, so much of it is not normalized. And it hurts people. It creates shame and uh, makes them hold back. And so it's just this the space where it's okay. It's okay to explore. It's okay to like what you like. Uh, it's okay to go wild and crazy, you know, and, and here are the resources, the better sexual education and the, the tools and everything you could need to support that very natural human part of life. Now, so I think that some people might, might ask why, you know, is this is it for individual benefit, or do you think that this has, you know, some kind of impact on society as a, as a whole? Oh, it, uh, it absolutely does. Um, I mean, again, it, it gets back to what society are we talking about. Um, there could be so many levels to how does this influence the everyday person, depending on where you are in the world. Um, but as an American, you know, an American society, let's, you know, stick to that, I guess, for this, this question, because that's, you know, where, where I am and my knowledge, uh, it creates a society where people are, they're happier. They, they have in, in this, in this atmosphere, when people can be sex positive and, and they can take away the shame and, and they're given the resources and education, they have a much better overall sexual experience and a sex life. And a more a more sex positive society means like better equality and experiences for women because you know we can't deny that women are shamed at a much higher level when it comes to sex. Um even in, in areas that are not sexual, like girls are, are are in trouble when they show their shoulders at school women are are you know harassed when they're breastfeeding their child like it, it leaks into even aspects that aren't even very they're not sexual um so it creating that only helps everyone it it, it especially helps women but it helps normalize all sexualities it it definitely makes you know, um, gay, lesbian, every kind of sexual relationship you can have, it, it normalizes those more um, because we currently live in a society where even if there is any sexual education, it's just heterosexual sex. Um, and that's horrible. And that, and even then, it's usually not much of that at all. Um, so, yeah, it, it would... It, it makes people have a better overall experience, happier, less shameful, freeing. Um, yeah. Did that answer your question? <laughs> well, 
but it was it was a great answer, and, and it and it did, and, and it just it got me thinking about a lot of things. And and I, I do have to say, as a little bit of an on the side, my my youngest, who is uh, AFAB, uh, assigned female at birth, and um, ident- identifies as non-binary right now. Uh, they mm-hmm. recently organized a whole group of, uh, of students to have a big meeting with the principal and the vice principal of the school because um, girls were getting dress coded and, and boys were not. And they thought that that was, you know, that was BS and they wanted to change it. And, and of, of course, in my head, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, it's, it's not going to change it. But I am so damn proud of you for, for doing this because... You know, if, if enough people are standing up for themselves and trying to change things, eventually we're going to get change. Um, Absolutely. I love seeing young people do it. That just good for them. I love yeah. seeing young people stepping up. And, and we're seeing a lot more of that for sure as the years go on. And I love it. It's yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And like I said I am. Yeah, you know, I, I hesitate to even hope on, on on some things like that, especially in conservative areas where where we live. But um, but it it just makes me happy that you know young people are seeing that hey there there needs to be change and hey let's try to make change. But um, but yeah, you know it's and I found in in our own personal life with my marriage that you know once we we actually began to talk a little bit more about sex and about things that we like, it's like oh all of a sudden sex is a hell of a lot better and we're happier and it's you know it's not a matter of being more in love but it's just you feel better when when you're having better sex you know exactly imagine a world where we didn't have to fight to get to that place like imagine a world where it just started off like we all felt confident and no shame during sex like right now we have to work through all of that sometimes in therapy, sometimes ourselves to get to that point. Like how much better would life be if we yeah. just started there? <laughs> if it didn't take 40 years to get there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh boy. It's so oh, bad. Yeah. It's, uh... Well, and I think that, you know, people are afraid that, you know, if we're, you know, being sex positive, it means that people are going to be out there banging in the streets or something. And, and, you know, that's just, it's not, it's not realistic. You know, it, it it's, it's silly. It's just, you know, people can be a lot happier, you know, a lot yes. less sexism. <laughs> Probably a lot, maybe, maybe even less hate and tension because everybody's, you know, sexually fulfilled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, oh gosh, that's a whole lot. We won't, we won't dive in, into that area. That's, that's for another time. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, there, there are a lot of murders that have, have happened when it, when it comes to sex workers by, Mm-hmm. You know, especially men who have have gone and wanted to have an experience and then felt shame afterwards and decided, okay, the only way to alleviate this is for me to to kill someone. And yeah, anyway, that's... Yeah, that's, no, that's I, a, I totally, totally agree with you. Nasty, nasty dark side of it. So we're going to we're gonna stay on a little bit lighter note here because now we've gone from sex positivity to how you fit into the... <laughs> <laughs> to this because you you do a lot of sex work um mm-hmm. but sex work means a whole lot more than in-person uh, money for sex and i think that that's what a lot of people how a lot of people think of uh, sex work um there's oh, yeah. many many different types and and the type of sex work that you do is is online on OnlyFans, right yes okay. well tell me a little bit about your OnlyFans work 
Um, so my OnlyFans, I definitely, it's been a journey. I started with, you know, I'm just going to do lingerie. I, you know, I was, I grew up being that prude girl, like, you know, talking about why we need sex positive. (laughs) You know, talking about why we need sex positivity. I was, you know, very prude. Uh, I got married pretty young. I met my husband when I was how old was I? 20. Um, so, you know, I started OnlyFans as the pandemic happened. I had just quit my job. Uh, there was going to be no unemployment for me because I just quit my job like a month before all of that happened. Um, and I saw so many people making money and I'm like, you know what? I know, I know there is a demand for me. I, I, I have this, you know, I get, I, I would get requests a lot. I would get a lot of DMs, but I'm like, you know what, let me just do some lingerie and, you know, make some money while I'm figuring it out. And eventually that grew into full, I mean, I do porn now, <laughs> but, uh, just along the way, it, it really, uh, it opened up first of all doors that, that wouldn't have been open before financially. And it really was a good way for me to express my sexuality. I got way more comfortable with my sexuality. Um, and, you know, also my queer identity, I film with other genders. Uh, and, you know, that is something I had not done. I, you know, had experimented a very, very little with anyone that wasn't a man. Um, so that also, you know, is that. So it's this it's this platform that people can get that aspect of me, that sexual, you know, aspect. They can they can get one on one kind of attention. Um, they can see more of me. They can, you know, not even always just sexual. Sometimes I just post a little something funny on there. Um, but they get that, but I also get a lot too from it so it's a two for one (laughs) (laughs) well and this is the feminism to uh porn pipeline i'm i'm loving this this is this is interesting Um, (laughs) but no and and that's that's really cool and and financially i think that you've posted before that you you do really well you're the top 0.6 percent is is that right yeah it bounces up and down right now i'm like point nine but it, it does it bounces uh the lowest i ever got to was point two and i just i was blown away i i you know there are millions of people on that platform and i'm yeah. just like me really <laughs> me <laughs> well that's i mean that's that's kind of celebrity i mean it, it's pretty cool yeah i honestly it, people people roll their eyes when i say it but i think a lot more of it comes down to my personality okay maybe i want to believe that but no i think (laughs) i I think there are pretty women everywhere i mean i see them all day every day and they're so you know they're just beautiful they're gorgeous so many of them are so much prettier than me i mean that's not putting myself down that's just truth um but honestly a lot of my only fan success i i really do believe comes from my personality and making people laugh and making them feel connected in that way more so than uh, you know, being sexually attracted to me. I'm sure that plays into it, but you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Awesome. But you know, and I've never had the, the problem of having too many people sex- sexually attracted to me. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't relate to it, but I, I think it's, it's a really cool thing. And I, and I believe you that 
a lot of it has got to be your personality because you have such a huge huge following on Twitter as well, and that's that's all about your personality. So yeah, um, exactly. Well, so tell me, kind of talk me through a typical day or or week of of work for you because I don't think people. I don't think people understand how much work actually goes into having a successful business on, on OnlyFans or, or any other um, online sex work. Oh, they, they absolutely do not. Um, most people really believe that a few times a week I take a picture of my boobs in bed while I'm laying in bed, drinking a mimosa. Uh, <laughs> that sounds amazing, though. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? And then I'm just like, they're just all coming in and I'm just rich and it's, oh, you know, so I usually start my days. I, I wake up at an hour. Uh, I spend drinking a coffee or if I've had an Adderall, drinking a large glass of water. I turn on my, <laughs> my crypto. I, I am invested in crypto. You know, uh, don't listen to me though. Um, <laughs> not if I'm not financial. Don't take my advice. Um, but I listen to my favorite crypto creators. I play that in the background and I, kind of check all my social media. I go through my OnlyFans DMs. Did anyone request a video? Is there any questions I can answer? That's kind of my everyday wake up routine. Um, so right away, I kind of wake up with, you know, work um, while, you know, semi enjoying some of my my own. Uh, but, you know, there's there's a day a week, usually, you know, Sunday, sometimes Monday. And it's, it's a planning day and it's a planning out content day. And, and what goes into that is, you know, first I'll start with my only fans and, you know, what do I want to post this week? And I'll jot down what all I want to post this week. And then I will physically go on to only fans and I will manually post. I will manually set those up to post. Now I am building a backup fansly account. So now I have to do that on two websites. And from there it'll go to, um, you know, what type of OnlyFans content needs to be filmed this week. And and that will be an extensive planned out concept of what needs to be filmed. And that gets as detailed as you need to wax on Wednesday because you're filming on Thursday. <laughs> and what, what costumes, what props. And then I go into my office and I pull those costumes, those props. Uh, this can take me two hours. You know, that this could take me a few hours to do. And from there, I go to TikTok, which, you know, TikTok is my number one site for promoting. A lot of work goes into my TikTok. And this is what people don't understand. So much more work goes into TikTok than OnlyFans. And that is because of the fact that OnlyFans does not promote you. The only way you are going to keep making money is promotion, promotion, promotion. So it never stops. And so on that, you know, planning day, then I go to my TikTok, I go through my, my app, I look at, you know, look for inspiration, I usually eat a sandwich while I'm scrolling. Um, and I, I write down, jot down ideas, I go through my comments, I pull them all that I can use for content, because the good thing about TikTok is you can respond to comments with a video. So a very good, good thing that you know, if people are listening and they have a TikTok, um, use the hate comments, be in on the joke, turn that around into content. Uh, I do that all the time. I turn those, you know, so I'm picking those out. I'm getting my inspiration. And then again, kind of what I did with the OnlyFans, I write out skits, you know, I write out a 
full detailed skit down to the song I'm going to use down to what I'm going to wear. You know, I go into my office and I pull all of that. And that, that all can take me eight hours easily that planning day, you know, and then I spend about three days a week creating TikToks, uh, even though it's getting harder because I keep getting post banned on all my accounts. But I started off with one account posting five to six videos a day. Now I have three main accounts. Um, I average pumping out 35 to 45 new videos a week. And that's why I say TikTok is so much work. So, I mean, those days, those three days, I usually spend about three days, easily 12 hour days. Um, because, you know, filming, it doesn't just, you don't just film it straight through 35 to 45 videos. It's a lot of videos, uh, getting it just right. And then I usually spend one day a week filming OnlyFans content. Uh, and that is honestly way less work than <laughs> TikTok, <laughs> which is the most surprising thing to everybody. But uh, my, my OnlyFans filming days are usually about four hours. But that's also because when I'm on a location or I'm filming with somebody else, I mean, those are like 12 hour days where I've, I've built up so much content. Like if I'm on a new, lo- like if I have a pool, for example, I'm not going to have a pool for a few months. So I'm getting so much content uh, created that during the week, I'm kind of like, okay, what else can we throw in there? I go through and I see, you know, kind of what else I need to be filming, whether it's, you know, a scene or whatever. That's usually just like four to five hours, one day a week. Uh, So nothing compared to my TikTok. Um, And then, you know, none of this includes my tweeting, my Instagram, (laughs) Um, that's of course added in, uh, trying to engage expired subs can take a lot trying to, you know, then you have trying to give, uh, subscribers personal touches, you know, keeping up with conversations, holding conversations with them. I mean, that's why they pay is for that personal touch. Um, so, and then, you know, with my TikToks, I have to manually post them because for some reason, TikTok does not have where you can schedule a post. It, it, oh my God, it makes me want to, it makes you want to rip my hair out. So I don't have a lot of days off during the week. Um, or any, I, I usually will take one quote unquote day off a week. And by day off, I really mean where I'm only 80% not focusing on work because even on those days off, uh, I'm still, responding, tweeting, uh, checking my DMs, making sure nobody's, you know, asking for a video. And then, of course, having to sign in and manually post those TikToks every hour that makes me want to pull my hair out. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Are you listening, TikTok? Come on now. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it's, a, it's a lot of work that people don't, uh, you know, they, I don't take many full days off a year because even if I do, it's usually, it's usually, well, it's not a day off because I'm traveling for work usually. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Sometimes <laughs> well, I don't know how I have so, so many hours to do it. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely not, uh, it's, it's not just taking pictures of your boobs or butts or having sex. You know, you are, you are working more than a full-time job really doing this, aren't you? Oh yeah, I definitely, you don't get to just clock in and clock out and not worry about it. I mean, even the film, even filming with other people, people, they think, uh, you know, it's just, you just have sex and you just film it and then it's done. 
like you, it doesn't work that way. Sadly, uh, those are six to eight hour, sometimes more days because you don't just have sex. You have to, you have to make sure the lighting's right. You have to make sure the yeah. camera's yeah. right. You have to, it, it's not, it's, it's, it's stopping and going and, and, you know, it's not, it's not just one, one and done, but no. you know, it's good that people believe that I guess for the <laughs> fantasy, but that's definitely not the reality. Yeah. Well, and you, and you want the, your subs to believe that, you know, as, yeah. as the fantasy, but you know, you guys don't just to get to go out and, and bang and have a great time. You know, and yeah. my, my wife and I are, are photographers and videographers and, I know damn well that even in a thirty-minute wedding, uh, wedding ceremony, doing the doing the video, it's going to be hours and hours and hours of work. You know, there's so much more yeah. that people realize. Um, well, so you you're working hard, and you know you're you're making pretty good money at it, and you're you're getting to explore some sides of yourself that maybe you didn't know were there. Are there any mm-hmm. other? kind of benefits to the sex work gives you that people outside the business like me might might not understand um you know as much as like there's there's cons and there's it's a lot of work it's the freedom to be my own boss to pick and choose where my energy goes I mean clearly I don't pick well um <laughs> I mean <laughs> I'm not doing it I'm not I'm not balancing it well but uh, I have the option um you know if you know, knock on wood, a family emergency happens, I can drop what I'm doing and, and, and go to that. It, it's an outlet also that gives me an excuse to, to be able to create, which I love creating. Um, and, you know, it gives me opportunity to, to be able to do that. Like I can spend money on that and it's, you know, it's for work, it's fine. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I do love it. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love it. I, I, it's a lot of work. I, it can be very tiring and sometimes burnt out, but overall I don't feel the pressure of I'm working to create somebody else's dream. I'm working to create my dream. And then, you know, the people you meet along the way is, is pretty cool. And, and so overall for me, and I'm not going to say that this is the case for everybody, the pros outweigh the cons and there's definitely much benefit. That's awesome. It, it it really is, and and I know you you had told me when we were chatting before that you know your the sex work had kind of you know or your sexual identity had really kind of evolved when you got into to sex work and you you realized that hey maybe I'm I'm not a straight woman. Mm-hmm. And I I think that that's that's a really cool thing that it, it helped you come to that realization. Um, well, I came to it before then, but I had never oh, been okay. able to. I had never been able to like express it. So it gave me an outlet for expressing that for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and a, a safer outlet, which is, which is cool. And and that's one of the thing the things that I think is awesome about doing online sex work is you're able to create these connections with your subscribers, like you had described and, and they, they feel like really personal connections yet. Mm-hmm. None of them can touch you. They can't get to you if you don't want them to, which I think is amazing. Yes, I agree. It's definitely it's definitely a great option. <laughs> All right, so I have a little bit more uh, lighthearted question for you, and it's kind of like a favorite moment on the job, best day you've had, kind of thing. Anything that really stands out? Um, you know, I just just traveling and seeing like new places. I guess you know, I got to travel somewhere 
pretty cool. I don't want to say where because that'll give away where that person I filmed with is. But um, Narnia, you know, say Narnia. Yeah, Narnia. I got to see such beautiful sights, and it's like that was for work. Um, you know, I just I have things planned in the future of places I want to go to film, and uh, you know, I have an excuse to do it and, and see all these new things, and it's also for work and to make money, and that's just honestly amazing <laughs> that's that's awesome and and i i think i i actually know who you're talking about because you two uh chat on on twitter um yeah and they seem awesome i i saw somebody actually post about them and what an amazing person they were i was like whoa that's they that's are a, that's pretty cool um, exactly i get to and i get to work with people like that which is amazing yeah that's really cool so here's this is this is kind of a biggie, um, and and I'd love to get your take on it. And it's the kind of the whole hypocrisy of us as people, and mainly men. Again, I'm sorry, men, but uh, for the most part, <laughs> I, I don't know. We we do a, a lot of dumb stuff. Even though I, even though my identity is is not as a as a man. You know, I've been raised as a as a boy and then a man my entire life. So. Um, I feel like I a lot of times fall into this category, but uh, there's this hip hypocrisy of we want to consume sex. We want to be able to watch porn or have sex with who we want to or do this or that. But at the same time, we want to shame these sex workers. So, but mm -hmm. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this whole idea? I think that... I think there are multiple reasons for this, and I think that all of them can probably be attributed to the sex negative society and the patriarchal society we still live in. Um, I feel like a lot of times men, they don't like to see the people in their porn as people. And I think that brings more shame with it. Uh, they might already be in shame because they're watching the porn. Um, and so if they think of that person as real, I think that makes it more real. Um, but you know, through sex work, I've also learned that a lot of men really don't believe that sex workers should be being paid. They, they really believe that, uh, they should work for free and their answers as to why they never make any sense. Uh, but there are literally, there are forms I've had taken down on the internet where men are asking other men, you know, has anyone stolen her content? Can I buy it from you? Um, and it's like, wow, you're going to go through all of the trouble of searching and looking and trying to find somebody that has that content and then illegally buying it from them instead of going directly to my site, uh, which is convenient and getting it right away. They don't, they don't want to give me a dime. Um, you know, so those, there's those men where I wonder if that plays into they don't want to make me human. Um, and then you also have men who they believe only unattractive, quote unquote, losers pay for their porn and they're too attractive to pay for their porn. Or what would that say about them? Um, and to those men, I would respond that personally, I'm a hot motherfucker who is highly desired <laughs> and makes a lot of money on that that aspect of myself. And I'm subscribed to multiple OnlyFans pages. Uh, you know, and secondly, I don't think it's 
quote unquote losers who pay for their porn. I think it's, it's just people who respect other human beings and want to make sure they are watching something that person is in has uh, consented to being in and, and being distributed and that they believe that that person should be paid for their time. Um, the sex work industry, it's, it's in demand and it's, it's in demand because of men. I mean, not just men watch porn, but primarily it is bought by men and sold by women. And so these men who hate sex workers, but they love sex, I would really encourage them to look into why within themselves and why is that? Um, and I think it just, it all comes back to, you know, how our society is run, but they really need to like look within themselves and ask themselves that because the conversations I've tried to have just a few, they never, the answers are never good. They never make any sense. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it is really, really confusing. Um, and, and you also touched on something really important here. People not actually wanting to pay you. Um, mm -hmm. And so as someone who doesn't know enough about it, and and I will admit that I I have you know been on been on the big sites uh, where everything is free. Mm -hmm. um, we all have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, you know why why do why do we want people to be paying individual sex workers for for porn versus going on the the giant free aggregator sites? Um. Okay. So the free. Okay, the big one is is Pornhub. Uh, the problem the problem there lies with the fact that you don't know if that person consented is is the big one. So sure, some of them they're in you know big productions that did they probably consent? Yes, but there are a lot of cases on Pornhub, and yeah, they are trying to crack down on it where it's revenge porn. It's actual rape. Uh, it is women or other people who were filmed without their consent, uh, maybe filmed with their consent, but didn't know it was going to be distributed. Underage girls, a lot of them have been uploaded on that site. Um, so I'm not saying you could never watch. I'm not saying you could never watch Freakana. I think, first of all, that site needs to, we need to revamp how we're doing this. But when you're paying for it you are firstly you know that that person has consented uh at least on platforms like OnlyFans, i don't i don't know all the platforms so I, I can't say that i know exactly how all of them work but a lot of the ones that are popping up nowadays you we have to we have to give our our id and all of that you know they're of age you know they've consented you know anybody they're filming with has had to fill out we have to submit forms for that and and you know that we're getting paid for our work. This idea that everybody deserves to get paid for their work except sex workers is absurd. Um, so that being a big fundamental reason of why you should, you know, because they put in that time and they deserve that. And also they deserve to be consenting to that. And, you know, and then there's another aspect of, you can get a much personalized touch too, which also plays into it. But yeah, I mean, I think hopefully paying for porn is going to be more of the way of the future. Yeah. I, 
you know, in a, as much as as much as we all love our our free stuff, it it just seems right to pay people for what they've done. It it really does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even people that are working with a little bit larger productions, you know, it yeah, it it just seems right. Um, exactly. And you know, so this is something that. And and I don't, like I said, I, it's clearly everyone. I don't know a lot about this. And this is one of, one of the reasons why I ask guests on the show that are more knowledgeable than me in their mm-hmm. areas of expertise is so that I can learn. Um, you know, I've, you know, kind of the, the rhetoric is, is that sex work is, is actually harmful to women. It leads to more expo- exploitation of women. You know, is mm-hmm. that, is that true? What do, what do you think? Um, yeah, absolutely. The way it has been going, the way, so the current, still current model that's kind of being pushed aside and the past model of how sex work has been, absolutely. It, it is, it has been very exploitational. It has been very harmful, um, to women. So let's like, let's look at the examples of what we've had and what we sadly kind of still have there's Pornhub which I talked about already you got all that revenge porn all of that um women they've created a demand for women to be exploited uh they're not being paid and a lot of them you know it's on there without their consent but let's move on to from there you know who's producing some of that porn you have porn companies which are largely owned by men and a lot of us uh that have you know knowledge have heard Horror stories from women of how they've been treated in by porn companies and productions and, you know, their consent not really being respected and, and all of that and them not being paid fairly because they're making it. But, you know, the porn company owned by the man is making all the money. And then also in person sex, where oftentimes women have worked under men, whether that's a pimp or someone else, they're beaten, they're not giving consent. Uh, that has been the model of the past. And it's still still there. Um, but to answer that question, what I tell people is absolutely. That has all caused women a lot of harm. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but what we are doing is we're finally moving into this era where sex workers who are largely women are fully in control. And, and I find it to be ridiculous that now it's a problem. We should have been having this conversation to this extent before, but like now that women are in charge is the problem, but we're building, we're building something new. Um, we're building sites like OnlyFans where I kind of, you know, already touched on, uh, it is a platform where we're in control. There's not a man that controls us. Uh, I can't say nobody's being exploited. I don't know that for a fact, but there are, there are a lot of barriers in there of we own our content you can't redistribute it. We have to prove our age. We have to give, we have to give documents for anyone we film with to prove that they want that distributed and that they are of age. Um, so yeah, it's a difference of a new, a new, a new era of, of sex work. And if people want sex work to stop exploiting women, because sex work is never going away. It's like the oldest, profession in the book um if they want to protect women then they will stop putting all these barriers we never had these barriers before when you put your credit card into Pornhub for something but now credit card companies oh they're up in a roar 
Um, they will stop putting these barriers in our way. They will um, defend and fight for this new era of sex work. They will decriminalize in-person sex work, maybe set up places where women can, and, and men and everybody who films that kind of stuff can, or not films it, but sells that, sells in-person sex work can go safely so they're not having to rely on somebody having power over them uh they will support all of these when they're when their stance is just a flat no i don't want sex work because that's harmful for women i don't really believe i don't believe them i don't believe they care about women and i don't believe that that's really the problem here so yes to answer your question yes but also this is this is changing and get on get on the bus if what your goal is is really to empower and protect women oh, yes well and i <laughs> love that you told me right at the very top of this show that you know your whole idea and, and what you believe in was was creating change and 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 i believe it i i love <laughs> it i really do i i think that if, if there's a problem with the way things are, are being run, then it can change. You know, we need to make it safer. We need to make mm -hmm. it work for everyone. Um, and, and I love that. And, and I have one more question for you. You know, mm -hmm. I had joked around at the, at the top of the show about the, uh, the pipeline from uh, feminist to porn. And mm -hmm. it seems like in talking to you that there's actually some kind of intersect between the two. You know, do you feel like there's a place for, um, you know, feminism in porn or for porn and feminism? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think feminism, at least when you're looking at intersectional feminism, it looks to listen to women and empower women uh, in their personal choices. And as long as those personal choices aren't harming anyone, you know, that is. But I believe, I believe in a fight to make women have true equality you have to support women making their own choices even if maybe that's not a choice you would do even if maybe you know you don't personally agree with it um if they're not hurting anybody you have to support women making their own choices and so when there is women whose feminism doesn't include a fight for sex workers and isn't sex positive and sex worker positive i i do not understand it because i do not truly believe it can be a feminist movement without the support of sex workers. Because, I mean, look at the, we, like I said, women in sex work has been a thing since the dawn of time. It's not going away. And when you shun that and when you say we're going to protect every woman, but this type of woman, that's not feminism. That's, you know, that's an inclusive club. It's not, you know, or, or not an inclusive club. I mean, it's not inclusive of everybody. And so my belief on feminism is it is inclusive of everybody. And for that to be true, it has to intersect. It has to protect, you know, all, every gender, every, every race and every type of occupation of sex work, all of that. As long as it's not hurting everybody, we have to look for the good of all over around, around to make that a reality or else. Feminism will falter and it won't actually change anything if we're only looking for the benefits of some usually rich white cis 
you heterosexual yes. women. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a, a lot of the same thing happens with uh, with trans women. You know, we talk about exactly. Um, sex exactly. workers being being left off the the ticket, so to speak, and it, it happens all the time. And 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 when I when I said uh, you know feminism and and porn, I I did mean feminism and so sex work guys. So just uh, mm-hmm. just so you know. Um, but you know, I'll tell you what, Michelle, this has been. Absolutely fantastic talking to you and getting to learn from you. Thank you so much for being able to take the time to chat with me today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a lot of fun, and I I really enjoyed being given the opportunity to maybe not only educate you on some things, but maybe some of your listeners. I I hope so. I I think that they're really going to enjoy it. And do you want to uh, plug or promote anything while you're still here? Um, Sure. So you could, if you like you know what I said and you want to hear me more Twitter is probably the best way to do that hey Guido H-E-Y-Y-G-U-I-D-O um yeah I mean that's probably if you want to get to know me more you like what I said you want to hear more of my thoughts that's where I would follow me (laughs) okay awesome and and she doesn't disappoint she always keeps me entertained down there so (laughs) um well all right everyone thank you so much for joining me again on unafraid i promise it's not going to be six months i've actually got (laughs) got work lined up for you so uh until next time everyone please stay safe and stay strong thank you